0: Hi, this is Walter Montero, and you're listening to this week's edition of the Real Estate and Mortgage Show. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Real Estate Mortgage Show. This week's topic, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and we were just kind of talking about, you know, sort of the values of real estate and how they would go about buying real estate and, and all that kind of stuff. And we just talked about, uh, you know, a couple of different things. And, you know, of course, they felt that uh, because I was in the business, I had a bit of a bias. But uh, what I sort of uh, wanted to make clear to my friends was, well, listen, you know, aside from my bias in the real estate market, which, of course, you know, real estate agents are always very pro real estate. You know, there's never a bad time to buy it because even with a bad real estate investment, time always fixes it. I've been in the business 28 years and I've seen really good real estate investments make people a lot of money. But what I find even more interesting is I've seen really bad real estate investments make people money. And that was basically repaired with time you know time heals all wounds time can uh, definitely uh, heal a real estate wound that's for sure so i guess you know if i i've got kids now that are getting very much close to the age of buying real estate and uh, i guess the advice that i'd want to give you today is the advice that i would give any of my kids if they were in the market to buy real estate of course you know rule number one is if they were buying it in my area rule number one is they'd have to buy it through me but if they weren't you know, if they were buying, you know, like for example, I've got a daughter out in, um, in Jasper and certainly a young gal, but if she was in a position to buy some real estate and she said, dad, what should I do? you know, what would be the few things that I'd want to make sure she was aware of in terms of buying a piece of real estate. So I'm going to give you the seven, the seven pieces that I think are important in terms of buying real estate today. So if, if my daughter was buying real estate today and she had a particular house in mind, one thing that I'd want to make sure of that she was really clear on was the resale value of the property. And this, I guess, probably comes in line with location, location, location. You know the three most important rules in in buying real estate today so is the house she is looking at in a good resaleable area is a desirable area and number two is the house itself a desirable commodity you know three bedrooms as opposed to two or two bedrooms as opposed to one you know it just depends if you're buying a single family home or a condo or what have you but the the one thing you know i definitely want to make sure of is are you buying something that is very liquidable if and when you sell it you know somewhere down the road. okay number two the next thing I would do is of course I would advise her to have the agent that she's chosen to represent her present her with a comparative market analysis and uh, what you could do there or what that is of course is a study of the marketplace showing homes that are obviously currently on the market which she would of course be aware of but more importantly what has recently sold and what what is the going rate for that type of property so get a really good handle on the value of the property make sure that it's in line with the comparative market analysis this is very much the same similar exercise that a seller goes through when they put their home on the market they look at you know what homes are going for now and what um, what homes similar to the one they want to sell has recently sold for okay so I would want them to be really clear on um, the uh, market value of the property Okay. Number 3. The next thing that I would want them to do is if they went ahead with a um, an offer and and you know came to an acceptable agreement with the seller, I'd want to make sure that they got a home inspection for a reputable home inspector. You know, back when I first started in in real estate, home inspections were almost non-heard of. Our, in fact, I remember the my first exposure to home inspections was I believe in 1991, we had a couple that moved to Cambridge from the Seattle area of all places. And I helped them find some real estate here in town. They ended up buying a beautiful home over on the west side of Galt. They made their offer conditional on a home inspection. You know, it's really funny in hindsight, I find it's funny how peculiar i thought it was at the time but how common it is today like you you wouldn't think of buying a home without a home inspection and there are some things going on out there that people should be aware of right you know sometimes there's shoddy construction you got to be aware of there are certain areas that are known for certain things um, ran into a um, home inspector friend of mine in the airport a couple of weeks ago and uh, he had mentioned that uh, radon gas is uh, something that's starting to become a problem in our area. Not so much in the Cambridge KW area, but in the Guelph area, for example. There's there's a significant amount of radon in that area, so you'd want to make sure that that all got checked out and and that there was no hidden defects of the property no buried oil tanks no aluminum wiring no knob and tube wiring no mold in the property so you know i think it's really important to get a home inspection these days and i would certainly not advise anybody to buy a property without a home inspection clause okay Hey folks, it's Walter Montero, Just a quick interruption of this week's show. We all know that real estate is a great investment, but wouldn't it be nice to harness the power of that great investment with your RSP? Well, you can. Your RSP portfolio is not just for stocks, bonds and mutual funds. You can use your RSP to invest in private mortgages. Private mortgages are secured against real property. In our current market, they can yield as high as 14 to 16 percent return. How does that stand up to what your current RSP portfolio is doing now? To learn more about RSP mortgage investing, go to rrspmortgageinvestor.com. That's rrspmortgageinvestor.com. Let me show you how you can turn your RSP portfolio into a money magnet. That's rrspmortgageinvestor.com. Now back to the show. Number four is that there is no such thing as a perfect house okay so the first thing well, i shouldn't say the first thing the first thing i said was uh is uh resale value but i would want to make sure that you know my daughter was clear that, you know, she's got a, you know, a list of criteria that she wants the home to have and um, you have your must have list and, uh, you know, your your wish you'd have list. Uh, I just want to make sure that she was aware that, you know what, there's no such thing as a perfect house. You know, if you can hit 70% in terms of what you're looking for in a property, I think you're doing really good. Okay. But uh, just to, you know, be aware of the fact that, you know, there is no such thing as a perfect house. All right, that's number four. Number five is the one thing I would really want them to be really clear on is to not be penny wise and pound foolish. And by that, I mean a couple things. Number one, I know that there are certain buyers in the marketplace that make it a rule to buy just from the listing agent. Okay, they do this because they they feel that they can save a little bit of money because there's only one agent in the transaction instead of two. Okay, and this is you know foolish, of course, because as we all know, the listing agent's obligation is to get the seller as much money as possible. So how can he do that or she do that if the objective is actually the opposite of what the buyer's after? Okay, so you know that I've seen it you know, where buyers are going only dealing with listing agents because they think they're going to save some money. And at the end, they ended. you know, I, I had a client a little while ago, who, um, you know, he just went out and he bought, you know, he was looking through listing agents and he ended up buying from a listing agent. And quite honestly, it was funny because when I looked at the property that he bought, he ended up paying, you know, he certainly didn't pay below market value for the property. In fact, he might have even paid a little bit more for it, okay? And, you know, the thing is, is he was all attached to the fact that he bought it from the listing agent and quite honestly, I don't think he saved a penny. All right. The other thing, of course, is is a a buying from a for sale by owner. And uh, I'm not down on for sale by owners. I you know, I think there's certainly a place in the marketplace for them. But I would make sure that my daughter was aware that, hey, if you're buying from a for sale by owner, you're talking about a guy who's looking to scrimp and save on just about anything. He's a nickel and dimer. And uh, I would be very cautious about doing a deal with that person. Okay. And at the very least, I would have my own representation of an agent in my own court to negotiate it and write it for me. So I don't end up in a situation that I don't want to be in. I know that some of these situations, they, you know, they have these, um, these consultants in terms of uh, assisting them through the real estate transaction. And quite honestly, all they're assisting them in is in writing the offer in terms of the actual transaction itself. I see very little going on there. Now, if they do any more than that, uh, it's certainly not News to me, my experiences—they they do next to nothing, really. Okay, so I would say don't be pennywise and pound foolish. The sixth thing that I would say is if you're getting a mortgage and if you're buying it around here, then you got to use mom, my, my wife, Karen Montero. But if you were away somewhere else, I'd say definitely get a mortgage broker because mortgage brokers work a little different. What they do is they seek out mortgage financing through a, a whole barrage of different lenders that are on the marketplace. And they typically make it a point to find their customers the best deal. Okay. Now, if you go to a bank directly, will you get the best deal? Maybe, maybe not. But what you got to understand more than anything is the person that you're talking to in that bank has one obligation. And that's to the shareholder of the bank. And the shareholder of the bank wants profits, all right? When you're dealing with a mortgage broker, you're dealing with somebody who's working on your behalf. They're looking to get you the best deal, the best rates and terms on a mortgage. And again, it's not just about rate. It's also about terms. The big thing these days is collateral mortgages. The big five have gone that route where they, when they register a mortgage on a property, they register it as a collateral mortgage, not a regular charge mortgage. What that means, more than anything, to you, it should mean that you pick up the and you call a mortgage broker and ask them the difference. But the big difference is is when you get a collateral mortgage, they tie up the entire equity of your property as much as 125%. Okay, so that means that the equity portion of your property is out of your control. It's in the bank's control. So if you ever want to borrow money again, you've got to go back to the lender that you got your mortgage from. That means you don't have any options in terms of seeking out a line of credit from another institution or getting a second mortgage from somewhere else. And if you want to break that mortgage, you're always attached to legal fees. So I would say deal with a mortgage broker 100% of the time and be very cautious about dealing with a bank. Okay. And the seventh thing that I would say to my daughter, if she was looking for a house today is you're better to act quickly than to snooze and lose. So if you see something you like and it meets, you know, the 70% criteria that we were talking about, make an offer on the darn thing, tie that property up before somebody else does. And then that way you're eliminating your competition. What I would do though, is with that offer, I would always make it conditional conditional on financing, conditional on inspection. So you have a back door to get out of that deal if you ever had to down the road. So those are the seven things that I would tell one of my kids if they were buying a piece of real estate today. So just as a recap, number one, I would tell them to be careful with uh, resale value. Be cautious of the resale value. Number two, get a comparative market analysis on the property. Number three, get a home inspection from a professional reputable home inspector. Number four, understand that there's no such thing as a perfect house. Number five, don't be penny wise and pound foolish. Number six, always use a mortgage broker and not a bank. And number seven, it's better to act quickly than to snooze and lose. Folks, I hope that uh, you got some value out of this week's show and uh, looking forward to talking to you next week on the Real Estate and Mortgage Show. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of the Real Estate Mortgage Show. If you have any real estate questions, please direct them to me at 519 624 9222 or walter at MaximumResults.ca or you can find me online at www.cambridgehouses.com. If your interests are in mortgages, please feel free to call 519 624 9222 or email Karen at Karen at MaximumResults.ca. Or you can find her online at www.m as in Mary, r as in Roger, financial.ca. Thanks again for listening and I hope you have a great week.